So I want to know how many of you took joy rides up and down Main Street here in Weatherford. Any confessions this morning? I'm looking. I'm lo- okay, yeah, we got some that are honest about that. All right. There's something I've learned in life is that the level of directions that you give a person directly correlates with their ability to understand those directions. Amen? Okay, so how many of you are the east-west direction type people? Okay, just get out here and you go east and you take the, anybody like that? All right, how many of are like the, you know, you go down by the old Johnson place. Well, it was the old Johnson place. Now it's been sold three times. It's not theirs anymore, but there's a tree that, well, used to be a tree there. There's a rip. How many are those type of direction type people? Yeah, all right. You know, we get so used to now when there's a new neighborhood and you actually have to give someone directions to get there because it doesn't show up in the GPS or the phone right now. It's kind of difficult. And it really, it, it helped me understand that yeah, it, when I'm giving directions, I have to, there's two things that has to happen. Number one, I have to give them in such a way that that person can understand them. So have you ever been giving directions to someone and they go, can you just cut this a little shorter and just give me the short version of that? And then there's the other people who are like, can you repeat that again? Now where is that? I don't understand what that is. Well, what we're looking at today is again, Solomon continues to give directions and he's giving directions directly involving wisdom. And he's trying to teach the path to wisdom. He's trying to show the way to wisdom. And here's what I've figured out along the way. The, the best people that I like to listen to are the ones who give me the best directions. And the ones that I tend to trust the most are the ones who I know have been there. And so we listen to those who know the way, right? We're going to listen to someone who knows the way to where we're trying to get to go. That's your first blank there. We listen to those that know the way. And, and that's true in anything in life. So the reason that we would ever choose to ignore the instruction of someone would be one of two things. Either one, we don't trust them, or two, we just think they're wrong. And those kind of go hand in hand. There's sometimes, though, the reason I bring up the second one, there's sometimes, though, that even people I trust give me directions, and I go, I, 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 still, I still think you're wrong. And a lot of times, I'll uh, take my own instruction from that, and I'll go, and then I will discover that I was the one that was wrong. You ever had that experience? You know, someone's trying to teach you and help you and show you the way, and you think that you have a better way. Well, this is, again, what Solomon over and over and over is trying to do. In verse 32 of Proverbs chapter 8, he says, And now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. You should just underline that in your Bible. Solomon goes, look, here's what you need to understand. The people who listen to me are happy. Solomon is the king. Solomon is the wisest man who ever lived. He's the wisest man who ever lived because God bestowed upon him a knowledge that he's never given to anybody else. And also, he's the wisest man who ever lived because Solomon also is validated that God's way was right. So Solomon knows the way and he knows what he's talking about so he says my sons listen to me those who keep my ways are happy listen to instruction and be wise don't ignore it anyone who listens to me is happy waiting by the post of my doorway and the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord but the one who misses me harms himself 
and all who hate me love death. So here's the recurring theme that's been happening over and over and over while we've studied the book of Proverbs, and it's the recurring theme that happens over and over and over in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. When we choose to follow the instructions of God's Word, not just to hear them, not just to appreciate them, not just to applaud them at times, but to actually take them into our ears, sink them down into our hearts, and live them out with our body. Then we find the path to life and we discover the path to joy. But when we just appreciate the Word of God, or when we just kind of take it in for a little bit and go, well, that's nice, and I'll take that, and, and I'll use it as the same level as any other advice that I may take in life. I may take it or I may leave it. Then we don't experience the joy that comes from knowing and following God. So we have to understand that when Solomon's teaching these words, when God has given us his word, when we're looking at the words of Jesus, when we're trying to apply those and follow those in our life, we are trying to do the things that would bring us the most fulfillment, the most joy, the most happiness in life. And when along the way we get distracted and choose not to do that, it leads us to a place of, and hear me on this, unnecessary pain. Now, we're all going to experience pain in life. So following the Lord is not going to keep you from experiencing pain. But when you choose to ignore or just not really apply the Word of God to your life, and you continue to make choices that are contrary to what God's Word says, now you're bringing into your life unnecessary pain. Because you're putting yourself in a place that's outside of God's direction, it's outside of God's protection, and really, the way that we discover that God's right and I'm wrong is when we knock our head against a few things a couple of times, and we stop and go, wow, I guess he was right. I guess he did know a better way. I guess there was a better way that I could do this. So what does it mean for us then to discover this joy, to discover this life, this happiness that Solomon's talking about, what does it mean for us to have that in our life and avoid this unnecessary pain? How do I find joy? Well, let's start with this. You first have to know what you're looking for. The first way you're going to find joy is you have to know what it is that you're looking for. Joy and happiness are two different things. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness is something that comes for a little while and then it leaves. It, it's, it's an emotion. It's a feeling. As we go through our day, if I will define it like this, we can always have joy, though we may go through ups and downs all day long. We can have joy in the midst of sadness. Think about that. Joy can stay constant in our life even in the midst of sadness. And so it's appropriate at times for us to be sad, to be brokenhearted. But yet, when we're following the way of God's word, we have this joy and this life that invades our life. It takes over our life. And no matter what it is we face, highs and lows along the way, it's a steadfast love and direction of God that sees us through those things. So joy is a, it's a genuine excitement and fulfillment that happens in life no matter the circumstances 
that we face. You see, circumstances do not have to impact our joy. When we're fulfilled, we have joy. When we feel like we're doing something with meaning, when we're, when we're and here's a word, when we're satisfied, it leads us to joy. And, and sometimes we use that word satisfied, like sometimes we're talking to someone, we, can't you just be satisfied? Isn't this just good enough? Well, see, no, satisfied in this context is not just settling. It, it, it's actually discovering the joy that comes in knowing that there is a fulfillment in following God's word no matter where life leads. And so satisfaction is not just settling, it's finding that fulfillment. It's finding that place that we've all been looking for, that thing that we're, we're wanting inside of our hearts. Because here's the truth about life. You cannot control everything that's going to happen to you, right? You have no idea how someone's going to speak to you, what's going to happen today. You have no idea what you're going to face, what you're going to walk into, what's going to happen in the world around us. Any of that type of stuff you can't control. And if you spend your life trying to manipulate all, <laughs> good luck. If you find that out, let me know. I just, I've been trying for a while. All right? It doesn't, it doesn't work. So you have to spend your life saying, well, I can't necessarily control everything that's going to happen out there. So what can I make choices about? I can make choices about what happens in here, about how the truth is you're not going to avoid the world, about how my heart is guided in the midst of it, because the truth is you're not going to avoid pain, you're not going to avoid suffering, you're not going to avoid bad decisions, we're not even going to avoid sin, we're going to make those choices at times that are not the best choices, but in the midst of that, if we will truly put God's word in its proper place, saying whatever this word says that's how I'm going to live. And when I discover that the way I'm living is contrary to what this word is saying, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to do everything I can to adjust myself to live like this word says, not what my experiences, feeling, thoughts, or even the advice of people I like is. I'm going to go solely by what this is because what Solomon continues to say is, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you will follow these ways, you will find this joy your happiness. So when we're fulfilled, we have, you know, because sometimes when we think, oh, I just want to have joy, it's not a feeling, then, then what is it? You know, because sometimes when we think, oh, I just want to have joy, and we think of joy like people walking around just bubbly and happy all the time, and that's not necessarily true. I've seen some incredibly joyous people who are going through grief and pain and suffering at the time, but they haven't lost their joy in the midst of it. So if joy is not this feeling or not this outward look, what is it? Joy, first of all, is presence, not possessions. It's presence, not possessions. Well, what do you mean with that? Psalmist writes this in Psalm 1611, you reveal, talking about the Lord, you reveal the path of life to me in your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. You see, it's the presence of God. Let me say it this way. It's knowing that nothing that you're walking through in this life, you're walking through alone, brings joy. Because the thing that saps our joy is when we're hopeless. The thing that saps our joy is when we feel like we're alone and we don't have anybody to talk to and we don't have anywhere to go and we don't know how to navigate this life and so God's word reminds us that it's in his presence that that is where joy 
live. It's not in the abundance of the things that we can collect and that we can have. I promise you, there is nothing in this life that will bring you constant joy. And we can all think of things that, boy, if I had one of those, I don't know, Pastor, I'd be pretty happy. Well, you'd be happy with it until they brought out a better one, right? And then you'd go, well, this one's okay, but I sure wish I had that one. Until they brought out the next one, and then you go, well, this one was nice, and this one before was nice, but man, I'd really be happy if I had that. You see how that works over and over? It's never going to bring satisfaction. It's never going to bring joy. What brings joy is presence, not possession. Some of the greatest things that I can use to illustrate this are just relationships in life. You take a friend, and when you get to be around one of your friends, and you're just there, you just hang out. You don't have to give each other anything. You don't have to do anything. It's just, it's just being there. Then what happens, it's nice. It's fulfilled. You kind of calm down a little bit. You feel closer, you know. As a parent, and you're around your kids, as difficult as they are sometimes, right? It doesn't matter. There's just something that goes, I don't care how bad things are. It's just better that you're here. You ever said that? I don't care how bad things are. It's just better that you're here because presence brings a different type of connection, a different type of joy. You know, Julie and I will celebrate 29 years of marriage next week. Yay. So I won't be here with you. Ha, ha, Okay, so I'll be there with her. Why? Because presence brings joy. Amen. And so I'm going to spend time with her, and, and we're going to take some time together. And that's great because you've learned over the years that it's not getting each other things, it's not doing it. And I promise you, in 29 years of marriage, we've walked through some very difficult things and some very incredible things all at the same time. But what ultimately, it's just the most incredible thing. I will just confess this. I am horrible on the phone. Okay, anybody else horrible on the phone? Here's how I was brought up in my house for my dad. The phone was used for information and information only. It's not used to connect. You don't connect emotionally over the phone. So when Julie goes away on a trip and she calls and it's like, how's your day? I'm like, good, what you need? You know, <laughs> she's like, I just wanted to talk to you about how your day, it was good, what do you need? It's like, stop, I don't need anything, I just want to talk to you. Okay. What do you want to talk about? Because if I don't have anything, that I'm horrible on the phone. But when we're together, do you know what the greatest thing is? We have some of the, we have some of the greatest times together and we don't say anything. We're just there just there. Why? Mostly because I use all my words in places like this. And then when I get one-on-one with people, I don't have any left. Anybody else like that? And it's just good just to be there with someone. Well, the same thing is true with the Lord. It's when his presence arrives in your life that you can have joy. You may have heard me share this before if you've heard me uh, preach a couple of times, but one of the most astounding things about the book of Job in the Bible, if you, I don't know if you've read it or not, but if you're familiar with the story, Job is a person who loses literally everything except his life and his wife. He loses everything. But in the midst of that, he never curses God, he never sins, but he certainly has a lot of questions. And he comes before the Lord sometimes, and he's talking with his friends, and he goes, I wish I could just have a mediator between God and I so I could ask him all these questions and so that I could get all these answers. Well, at the end of the book of Job, God shows up and never answers a single question that Job asked. And Job just goes, it's all good just because you're here. Never got a question answered. Because here's the truth. Answers don't bring peace and joy. 
There are a lot of things that have happened in your life that have happened in my life that we would love to sit down with God with and go, hey, why did it have to go this way? Why did you have to do it this way? And God, in his infinite wisdom, think about this. Even if he were to sit down and go, well, Lyndall, let me tell you the answer. Here's the reason I did all of these things in your life. What would my next response be? Think about this honestly. I would be like a three-year-old going, why? Why couldn't you just done this? And then he could have explained, just keep going, and it would just keep going because why couldn't you have just done that? And he could explain that, and then I would just keep going, and it would just keep going because answers don't bring joy. Answers don't bring comfort. The only thing that brings comfort and joy is presence. And so as a follower of Jesus Christ, what we should strive for more than anything else is to rest in the presence of God at all times. That should be what we would strive for. Because you're not going to be able to control anything else that happens all around. But you can choose to walk with the Lord or walk on your own every day. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus says these words, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what's Jesus talking about if he's saying don't store up for yourself treasures on earth? He's, he, he's saying don't find your pleasure, don't find your connect, don't find your comfort in the things that you can accumulate. You should be working in your life to store up treasures in heaven. Well, what in the world does that mean to store up treasures in heaven? Well, what's the one thing that we have in this earth that's going to also be with us in heaven? It's our soul. So we should be working on our soul more than anything else. You want to store up treasure in heaven, then not only work on your soul, but bless somebody else's soul as well. Live your life in such a way where you keep your eyes on the big picture and you will find fulfillment, which will lead to satisfaction, which will lead to joy. Not just storing up things here because anything on this earth will fall short of fulfilling you and bringing you joy like walking with God can. Paul writes in Romans 15, he says, Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope. I love that. Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The picture of life that Paul's writing about there is one that says, I am so connected with what God is doing in my life. I'm walking with him. That it doesn't matter what the mood of the day is. It doesn't matter what the weather's like. It doesn't matter what's going on. That I am walking with God. And I live my life in such a way that I'm so full that I am overflowing hope and joy on those that are all around me. Walking with the Lord and we overflow on others. We're bringing hope and joy in their life. So we have a choice on how we're going to live and who we're going to follow. And we need to understand, first of all, that joy is presence, it's not possession. The other thing we need to understand is joy is a person, not a feeling. I've already said this, joy is not a feeling. We're, the, the Christian life is not a pursuit of feeling good all the time. That's called addiction. 
and the only thing that happens in addiction is you may be pursuing a feeling that works one time, and then it takes a lot more to get that feeling the next time, and then it takes a lot more to get that feeling the third time, and then it takes a lot more to get that. That's addiction. That's, that's not healthy. That's not pursuing the Lord of Jesus Christ, and it is in that relationship with him that you discover and find joy, and it's the only place that you can do that. And it's not just about how you feel all the time because I will be fully honest with you. There are days that I don't feel like getting up and walking with the Lord. That I have to choose to go, okay, I, I, I need to do what I know is best. There are some times that I don't feel like acting like a follower of Jesus Christ. Many times it's in traffic. I just thought I would share that with you as well. You know what I'm saying? It happens at times, or, or when people treat me a certain way, I don't feel all the time like doing the right thing back to them, but what does God's word tell me to do? That if I want to find life, that I treat that person with love, even when they treat me with disrespect, and I will find the path of fulfillment to joy. And you know what I found out is true? Is that when I treat someone poorly who's treated me poorly, I, we just both feel poor. But when I treat someone with love and respect, even though they've treated me poorly, and I go to the Lord and trust that he's going to fill that gap that's happening in my heart and life because what I really wanted to do was this, but what I'm choosing to do is what you're leading me to do, then he can fill that joy. And it doesn't happen without the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus understood this even with his disciples, that how important his presence was and how important he as the person of Jesus Christ was in their life. He, he told them in John 16, Jesus responds to them, Do you now believe? Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me, in me, in me, Jesus said, look, you're all fixing to turn and run and leave me by myself, but the truth is I'm never by myself because I'm walking with the Father. He said, that's the key to this life. And he says, and if you will learn that in me you will find life, then you will never be alone. Though this world may come against us in so many different ways, you will never be alone if you are walking with the Lord. So joy is a person, it's not a feeling. Which leads us to the next thing, which is this. That means that I can find joy in any season and circumstance. I can find joy in any season of life that I may be walking through and in any circumstance that may come my way. You see, so, much, so many times we think that I'm going to have joy when this season passes or if this circumstance is removed from my life. But Joy is not an absence. Joy is a presence. And so we're not going to get joy by losing things in our life, even if they're the bad things. We're going to get joy by gaining the presence and the power of Jesus Christ in our heart and life. That's where joy comes from. So much so that James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote these words at the very beginning of the book called James in our Bible that he wrote. Look at this. He says, verse 2, consider it a great, what's that word? Joy. Consider it a great joy, 
my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So this is that thing that I've talked about several times as we've studied the book of Proverbs, is that there are, there are oftentimes the, the ways of God's word are, are not just countercultural at times. Yeah, oh, we're doing things different than the culture. Hey, we're being different. Ooh, look at us. That's, it's not just countercultural. Sometimes the word of God, as we choose to follow it, is counterintuitive. It doesn't even make logical sense to us at times. Who in the right mind would say, hey, I'm going through some hard times. Isn't this awesome? That, that's what this looks like. But what James is actually saying is, hey, you need to understand that as you face difficulties in life, you need to count it joy because what you're going to see is that God's going to bring you through that too. And yeah, we're not, any of us aren't excited about maybe having to walk through some of those things. But when we get to the end of it, honestly, we're stronger and better and more mature people when we do. That's what James is saying. I've discovered this. I've learned to look at trials in such a way that James goes, I just consider it joy because here we go again. I'm going to put my faith in God to the test and God is going to prove himself true again. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it and I can have confidence and faith in that and I'm going to consider it joy and we're going to walk through this and I'm going to walk through it better than anybody else ever has. You watch me go. That's what James says. Now that's awesome. That's a way that you face life and you face circumstances. And when you think about that, listen to me. Who do you go ask for advice if you have an area in your life that you're having difficulty? I promise you, I very rarely, if ever, have sought out someone to help me with a difficulty in life that's never walked through that difficulty. I don't go looking for people and going, hey, your life seems perfect. Can you tell me how I can make mine perfect? When, when my life's not going good, I go, who's somebody that's been through this? Where's somebody else? And it's not for the purpose of commiserating, of getting together and go, can we just be sad together? Yeah, boy, this is awful. Yeah, you're awful. Yeah, I'm awful. Boy, it's just awful. This is bad. Let's just be bad together. That's not how this works. You seek out someone and you go, okay, you seem to have walked through this. And, man, can, can, I, can I see your scar? <laughs> you read that moment? Yeah, I got one right here. It's from a nine iron from my brother. I just thought I'd tell you all that. It's right here above my eye. I'm thankful to have an eye, but I didn't back up the day he told me to back up. And then he chose, instead of just to do a normal golf swing, he wanted to teach me a lesson. So his golf swing looked more like that, that day, right to my eye. I've got a scar. That scar has a story. I got a knee that's been put back together a few times. I can show you those scars. I can tell you the story that happened to every one of them. I got a hole right here in the back of my head with a good scar on it. That's from jumping on the bed and hitting in the corner of the, of the window unit air conditioner. Amen? Anybody with window unit air conditioners in their house growing up? All right. We didn't have central heat and air. We had beds to bounce on, and we had corner things to hit your head on. That was how we did this. But every scar has a story in our life. I got a scar right here from adjusting a microphone stand with a big old weight on it that went wham and just clamped that together so I can do one hand like this and one hand like that because there's scar tissue that won't do this one that way. Every scar has a story, but every scar I get to look at someone and go, well, let me just tell you something, it, it, it wasn't fun, but we got through it. 
And this is what James is saying. Consider it joy when you face these trials, when you have these scars, when you do these things, because you're going to see the power of God at work in your life in a way that you never would if you didn't walk through this. And all that's going to happen to those who are truly following the Lord is your joy is going to increase, your hope's going to increase, your faith in God's going to increase. It may not work out the way that you want it to work out, but I promise you that God's still going to be in the throne, and he's still going to be in power, and you're going to see that great things are happening. Now, Solomon said, those who keep my ways are happy. Doors every day, waiting by the post of my doorway, for the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord, but the one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. This is what he's saying. As we listen to God's word, as we apply it to our life, as we take it for the truth that it is and we live it out, we will find the path to life and we will experience joy no matter the circumstance. But when we choose to ignore God's word or to compromise God's word or to live a little bit on our own and a little bit with God or to live fully on our own ignoring God, he says this is the person who misses me and they harm themselves. And they love death because ultimately it is the path that leads to death. So the way that you're going to discover joy by following Jesus. So my prayer for you today is that you would discover the joy of following Jesus because it's not just knowing Jesus. It's not just appreciating Jesus. It's not just knowing about Jesus that leads to joy. It's following Jesus. It's taking God's word and applying it to your life, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense to you. It's only as you follow him that you find the path to life and joy and hope. Do you know that path today?